Great Foley work there with your cake eating right into the microphone. Yep. God, I love this cake. It's so good. Welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good. It's been a little while since we've been able to record, but we're back on track. It's been 9,000 years. Maybe not that long, but pretty 8, close. 8,000 years. Yeah, that sounds right. Today we're talking about Revolutionary Girl Utena, episode 25, Their Eternal Apocalypse. This is the first episode of the new arc, and have you recently watched this? The last time I watched this was actually last week. Okay, yeah, this is the start of the new arc, so we get the introduction of a lot of new motifs, and how did you feel about this episode? Do you remember when you watched it? Well, I liked it, first off. Honestly, I feel like starting here, because I also watched the the next one, mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting like it's always been a little dark and very weird but now we're like at very weird and and progressively more dark this is advanced darkness <laughs> that that was my overall impression of the beginning of this arc yeah next week has your boy mickey in it doesn't it i see his name in the title yes so that should be fun i we get a lot more akio starting off with this which is uh great super uh, uh yeah okay let's just start the episode before i just go on a tangent about akio forever and this will become the panda hates akio podcast speaking of the introduction of a bunch of new motifs our primary motif for this new arc is akio's car which we see here i think this is the first time that we've seen it in the series is that correct no i feel like we've seen it once before Okay, yeah, but it was like a minor appearance. Akio's letting his hair down. Care to take the wheel, like, while we're on the road? It's so funny because Toga says that he's not old enough to drive, and it's just a reminder that he's supposed to be 14. Why are anime people so weirdly age ambiguous? I don't know. It's because they're so long. Wait, I think... (laughs) Long boys. Yeah, they're long boys. Long boys and long girls. That's the shoujo way. Actually, I think he's like 16. Oh, yeah, you might be right. But still. Yeah. Uh, Why is Wakaba here? Wakaba shows up to Akio's office. Not his office, but it's in the same building. And she makes blushy face at him. And we see that Utena and Anthe are moving into a room in Akio's building, getting them out of the uh, haunted mansion they've been staying in for the uh, past few uh, months of the semester, however long this show has been going on. I'm sorry to see you go, honestly. Like, I liked the mansion. Yeah, but I also really like this room, and I like its, like, big windows and stuff, and it's really cool. I hate how Wakaba is, like, 
fawning over Akio. Just think of the romantic possibilities. Yeah, and Utena's like, cut it out. Akio's got a fiance. She's so devastated. Yeah. Why are all the hot guys in the world always always already taken? I know, right? What was that about being taken? And then Akio and Anthe show up and Wakaba blushes again. Akio tells Wakaba that he doesn't really have any other family, so he wanted Anthe to live closer to him. But he felt bad separating from her very good gal pal, Utena. So now Utena gets to move in there too. I mean, Wakaba's a good friend of Anthe, right? That's that's a thing that's true. I can't believe that Akio gal pals Utena and Anthe. Akio just made a very severe face, and I was very frightened. Akio's faces are just... I don't know. They're just weird. Okay, so we're with the student council, our our favorite boys and girls, and they're talking about things, and they're using a baseball metaphor in the background to signify what's going on also in a metaphorical sense, but in a literal being around them sense, because... Mm-hmm. What are metaphors in Utena? Like, it's always, as a side note, it's always been interesting to me how um, baseball really caught on like it did in Japan. I don't know anything about that. Yeah, it did. Like, do you remember we were watching Fooly Cooly and there's baseball stuff all over it? You know, now that you mention it, I have noticed a lot of baseball stuff in anime. He never signed on to be the world, into the world's lackey. Uh, yeah. Seonji tells the rest of the group that he's not going to fight because somebody orders him to anymore and he didn't sign up to be end of the world's lackey. And Naname's like, well, I didn't want to be his lackey either. And they're like, besides that, who exactly is end of the world anyway? The eternal question. Now we're back at Akio's building and this is in his office with his big, uh, what's that thing called, Alice? The thing I don't know words. Planetarium. Yeah. Look at look at that look at that bless you. I'm ignoring that bless you because I hate it. Akio is telling Utena about the Morning Star and about how the kanji for his name comes from the word for Morning Star, and the other name for Morning Star is Lucifer. And we see Anthe over there with her shiny glasses. And if there's anything Cracks.com has taught me, it's that shiny glasses mean evil. Yeah, they're both kind of creepy right here. I mean, he basically straight up said, my name is literally the devil. Yeah. And Akio has his arm around Utena, and I hate it. Anthe tells them that dinner is going to be ready. And Utena says she was just thinking about how hungry she was. And she'll see Akio later. We get just a shot of Akio for a second, I guess, because we needed to linger on his face for some reason. I love the the fact that his name is literally like Lucifer. I oh, love that's... this bed setup that they've got where like they can lay like facing each other. It's a it is a fucking golden spiral. I it's the golden name. I like it. Utena says the... that whenever Akio talks about the stars, he gets a lonely look in his eyes, like he's lost something precious. Did Anthony's hair change? No, she just takes it down. She looked very different. It's usually up. Also, can we just say that this 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 like scene is incredibly gay, despite the fact they're talking about Akio because of the, the way that they're like arranged. Yeah, and looking at each other soulfully. Yeah, Utena tells Anthony that if she ever has a problem, that she can come to her because she wants them to be friends like that, and she wants to be able to help Anthony with her problems. And she says, from now on, we'll live to help each other. And they kind of, like, hold hands. 
Oh. Anthe starts to say, Miss Utena, the truth is, and then she stops herself and says, never mind. And then we cut to Dirtbag Ponytail Seonji, who is apparently cleaning the floor, and he's been approached by Toga. Proving once and for all that not all green hair people are good. Hmm. No, only me. Apparently, their their friendship is completely deteriorated. Yeah, well, Seonji and Toga have a complicated friendship, and that's mostly because Toga is a manipulator who messes with everybody. Do you ever wonder if Seonji would have been bad if Toga hadn't, like... I feel like all the badness that happens in Atori happens, like, because of either Akio or Toga. You're not really wrong, honestly. Because, like, he... I mean, partially because they're kids, but, like, Seonji, when they go back to being kids, like, Seonji seems way more normal. Yeah, I think we talked about that in the episode with the flashback, uh, about how Seonji seemed previously like he was not such a shithole. It's really easy to read everyone's flaws as, and shirtless, everyone's flaws as sort of being a thing that Togo's created or, or nurtured. Oh, yeah, definitely. Toga whipped around and his shirt magically came unbuttoned and was flapping in the wind despite the fact that they were in a closed building. I don't think that's how shirts work. I don't think so either. I mean, I could be wrong. I I don't know. Like, there are things that I don't know. There are more things in this world than fit my philosophy. And And now we're driving again. Akio and Toga are in the car again, but this time Seonji is there too. Seonji and Toga are both in the backseat. We're just going to, like, slowly collect the whole band. Yep, got a car full of dirt bags. Eventually, we'll have the whole council, and it'll just be like Nanami is, like, squeezed in in the middle. It'll be like a car. It'll be like the best album cover ever. They're on their way to record a like hit single. Oh, Seonji tells Toga he doesn't trust him, and then Toga's like, "What? Aren't you my best and only friend?" <laughs> what an True asshole. friendship doesn't exist in this world. We get like a little flashback to Kid Toga and Kid Seonji for a little bit. They're talking about the castle where eternity dwells. You believe you can find eternal friendship, perhaps? They're interrogating Seonji's motives. And referencing the episode we were just talking about where they met Utena in the coffin. And Seonji questions if that even really happened. He says he doesn't remember it very well. And like, even thinking back to that, it's the really the difference is that kid Seonji's like, should we go find her parents or something? Like, he has a normal kid reaction. And, Se- and, and Toga's all like, dramatic shirt being open monologue lines. Yeah, uh, Toga reveals that Akio came and saved Utena, which I guess is implying that he was her prince? Question mark? Something is going on. I yeah. reveal the end of the world. Where the fuck are they anyway? Um, on a dark desert highway with the cool wind in their hair. Oh, nice. Classic. <laughs> this place does kind of feel like otherworldly purgatory, kind of. I mean, you can check out anytime you like, but you can never leave. What the hell? Yeah, Akio just jumped up out of the driver's seat. This looks and like the onto dumbest fucking the hood of the car, and his shirt flew open, and his hair was blowing in the breeze, and it was ridiculous and extra as fuck. Now we're in the garden with Miki and Utena and Anthe. And they're talking about there's a gondola inside of the tower going up to the dueling arena. But before they can talk about that more, Seonji shows up. His hair seems longer. Everyone is longer. Well, you're not wrong. Is there something weird with his face? Yeah, 
it kind of reminds me of like after people got taken by the black rose dueling thing That's and they had kind of like, like that glassy face yeah also his um, his his face seems longer is this what utina becomes does everyone become longer i think that is the actual progression of the show is that everyone just becomes longer yeah his, his Seonji slapped miki which is a crime oh, no he didn't and now he has grabbed Anthe and says, the Rose Bride belongs to me. And he has a crazy look in his eyes. Utena tells him to let her go. And then we get Aiko and Biko just You just kick his ass. Look, it's a flying saucer. It's crashing. It feels so nostalgic. They're I miss so them. Cute. I love this little, this little recurring thing. Yeah, it's me so too, cool. definitely. No, do you know? Have you heard the news? There'll be another duel today in the forest behind the school. <laughs> it's so nostalgic to say those words again. Two people are better for this job than one. Half the suffering. And double the pleasure. Wait, hold it. You used my shampoo last night without asking me. After you finished off that pudding I was going to eat, it was two weeks old, but still. It was? Anyway, brave hero. It's hard to work as a team. I wonder if you know that. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that too? Ugh, here it comes. It's hard to work as a team. You see what I was talking about with like we get the weird and the dark, like with the, the weird purgatory car riding thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Otori is very purgatory-esque. We need to do a whole episode about how Otori Academy is actually purgatory. And everyone in there is already dead. Purgatory? Oh, wait. Hey, this is... I forgot that this was a different uh, animation. Yeah, we get a different animation sequence for it's the leading cooler. up to the dueling arena. Kind of spicing it up a little. We yeah, cool. It also gives us... a. It also gives us a better idea of, of what the actual forest looks like. Like what the actual way up there looks like. There's yeah, Anthony. instead of going oh. upstairs, this time Utena is taking the gondola and she is going up. And we had classic a classic loading screen fashion. Uh, Anthe disappeared at first and then appeared again in front of Utena and she was naked for half a second. And then her dress appeared on her again. And we're getting some cool shots of them going up in the gondola with the same song, Absolute Destiny Apocalypse. Because, like, we can't get rid of the song. It's the best song. Of course not. And we get a little bit added to the uh, transformation sequence, so to speak. It is. And it is actually, like, more of an actual, like, magical girl transformation sequence. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And also cool. it is significantly gayer. Yeah, and we get this nice little scene of Utah and Anthe standing next to each other with, like, flower petals surrounding them and stuff and what shows up at the dueling arena but a car how did they get there don't ask questions oh they it's brought the it up on the gondola they did that earlier Shh. it's just been waiting hakio's just been sitting here like all day yeah basically like just just like reading archie comics in his car seonji says i too once considered the rose bride's feelings no, but didn't. the rose bride has no will of her own what yeah, no, we've it's never seen this happen. from you before, Seonji, so I'm going to have to call fake on that. Bunch of cars sprout out of the ground of the dueling arena. You know, like cars do. Does the cars, like, being, like, planted in the ground somehow make you think about Evangelion? A little bit. 
Also, who the hell is driving all these cars? They're driverless why, cars. Why won't these children ask the questions that anyone sane person would ask? I hate these children sometimes, Panda. <laughs> yeah, they would prefer to just mindlessly engage in sword duels and not ask why are cars growing out of the ground? The sword of Dios has disappeared and we see Akio and Toga watching the dueling arena from afar with little opera glasses. Akio is, is dismayed. Maybe he shouldn't have sent so many goddamn cars. He used up all the magical power. Anthony had shiny glasses again for a minute. We're getting a little audio flashback to Utena telling Anthony that if she has any problems to come to her about it. We see a change in Anthony's eyes and she calls out to Utena and she jumps and she seems to push Utena out of the way of Seonji's sword and she says that they have to do this together and in a twist Anthe takes the sword out of Utena's chest and it is much gayer than it was before way more we're, we're ramping it up this time boys it's very good is it the same sword I think so I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. It it seems maybe. I mean, I think it's the same. It looks the same, but yeah, fainted. The lights in the castle that holds eternity flickered, and the lights on the cars turned on. And Dios has come down from the castle that said to hold eternity, and why the fuck not? Gives Utena the power to kick ass. Yep. We see shreds of Seonji's... Oh, I thought it was shreds of his uniform, but those are his flower petals. For a moment, I thought it was his hair. (laughs) It was too pastel to be his hair. I thought it was his uniform. Utsa and Anthe look at each other. Then we get like a little shot of the dueling arena with Seonji crumpled on the ground. And Toga says, oh, Seonji, after all I did to be your best friend. And Akio says, are you enjoying this game? And they're like rolling around on a bed. They're definitely fucking. This is such a, that, it's weird. They are fucking. (laughs) Okay, Akio said that the sword of Dios did not appear. So that wasn't the sword of Dios, maybe. Anthony's got shiny glasses again while she's talking to Akio and he tells her to come here and she doesn't move and then he grabs her and pulls her to him in a way that makes me sad and uncomfortable. Yeah, it made me a little uncomfortable. That's the first time we've seen him be anything other than like whatever with her, right? Yeah, he's always creepy, but he's usually not forceful from what we've seen, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the case. And... We get like a quick ominous shot of Anthe kind of ish and then the episode's over. And in the English dub, which I watched before doing this, there's a different credits sequence, I think, if I remember correctly. I would have to check again, but I'm using the Japanese version for the recording. Like I always do. Well, it's free, available on YouTube, courtesy of Nozomi Entertainment. Which is pretty badass. That was really 
uh, that was a good thing when we were at that convention when we were at MechaCon getting to tell people that Utena is available for free on YouTube that made a lot of people really excited because they said that they had had difficulty finding it yeah so yeah that was a good episode how do you feel about that episode I have a couple I have a couple of things to talk about go for it the first is do you see what I mean now when I say that it's getting weirder but it's also getting like darker oh it is absolutely getting tonally darker it is only darker from here on out whereas before there's always been sort of a limit like this episode multiple times completely crosses that limit yeah like there's still gonna be episodes with like whimsy in them in this like remaining uh art well two arcs of the anime but yeah we're definitely getting into some darker territory even like visually like not just tonally but like everything about it is getting darker like okay before now mostly we've had this sort of like taboo about anything like eroticized that sort of like we only get the like literally all we see is this suggestion that that akio is hitting on somebody yeah and in this episode alone we get multiple like incredibly hyper sexualized things that well that's gonna be something that uh we're gonna have to be prepared for going forward is that a lot of dealing with akio is hypersexualized and not good he is not a good boy akio is the opposite of a good boy there's also the other thing is okay I, and i said this early on but this is when i feel like it really starts happening i've never a hundred percent trusted anthe fair most people don't and not because i think she's bad so much as i think and 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 this is basically explicit by now that she there's more to anthe than what meets the eye like personality wise like friend like sometimes her absent-mindedness seems genuine and sometimes it's like this is someone who is obviously weaponizing silence oh yeah absolutely like anthe Mm -hmm. definitely knows when to sort of play dumb it's really easy to read this episode as what if anthe has been way more active in this situation than we want to than than we believe i don't doubt that at all yeah Anthony definitely has motivations that we have up until this point not been privy to. Like before, you think of Anthony as being the the Rose Bride. But now I kind of think of being Anthony as being the Rose Bride, but also think of Anthony as being, for lack of a better word, a witch. Oh, well, I said that in the... I don't know if you remember this. I said that in the beginning of the show is I called Anthony a witch. Okay, then that's probably where I'm getting it from. Because like that's that's kind of the vibe I get. Yeah. That's sort of like, not, not just I can do things, but I can do things and I am like, I, I am an enigma and you don't under, like my motives are so beyond discovery that you're never going to understand anything I'm about to do. But it's very threatening. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure what to make of that moment at the end with her and Utsuna, like, because she obviously gets the sword, the second sword, but I kind of help, can't help but wonder if she made the first sword disappear on purpose. I don't know. I mean, like, I I didn't I didn't get the idea that she made the sword disappear. Did you get that? Was that your interpretation of the scene? I wasn't sure because her reaction to it was like her reaction during most of the duels is just flat, small, soft smile. Yeah, like glazed eye kind of thing. Yeah, but and usually I don't really think much about it. But in context of that. It was a little, it seemed like until she had that moment where she was remembering Utsuna talking about how much she wanted to be friends like that and all that. Up until that moment, it was easy for me to believe that she could, she had some kind of part in that. Whether 
actively dis- dispelling the sword or by like because we don't really know how that sword works at this point mm-hmm. and maybe we'll never know but like if it's some kind of spell that she does like losing con like letting her concentration break or something okay alternate theory when people, give me your hot take when people are in traumatic situations or situations that are evocative of traumatic situations mm-hmm. sometimes they just shut down as a coping mechanism and right. it's possible that during these duels sometimes anthe just sort of defaults to shutting down because that's Easy. been her way of dealing mm-hmm. with this like What's the word I'm looking no, for? No, no, I get you. Like, I've, yeah. I've been kind of interpreting it as a sort of almost a trance thing. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Literally, like, the word I, trance is what I had in mind. But I can kind of think of it as she's straight up just dissociating. Yeah, dissociating. There's the like word. Like, she's there struggling we go. to stay in the moment. Yeah, I feel like it's possible that disassociating during these moments, during these duels, has allowed her to continue doing this because we don't entirely know why she does this but i don't gather that it's because she in well i mean we kind of do we kind of don't i don't gather it's because she enjoys seeing people fight over her or maybe she does but maybe not so physically i've i've wondered what she feels about that because that that's a that's a question mark for me slightly yeah but Seonji in particular, okay, so he has this sort of thing like he he has always been about even when he is evil, which is always. Um, <laughs> he still like has this sort of on the surface level this claiming to care about her in some way, which is obviously BS. But yeah, he at least had the words. Whereas now we have this juxtaposition of like Akio is we can confirm now Akio is violent to her in some form or fashion. He's probably been that way before, and now here's like Seonji who used to talk all pretty and flowery, and they traded the dumb journal, and now he's just like does not give a shit about her. Yeah, I definitely can see a lot of parallels between the way Seonji treats Anthe and the way that Akio treats Anthe because both of them are capable of using a lot of like flowery language to talk about the way that they like I don't know that they care about her but at the end of the day they sort of just use her yeah and I I can kind of see that 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 moment when he is when Seonji has flipped completely like just Seonji period could you know that that's pretty triggering yeah Seonji is a massive trigger also he's a massive touche yeah the, the both of those statements are 100 percent true but yeah i like that this is sort of i like that even though as much as i hate akio i feel like the more that we interact with him the more that we learn about the secrets of this crazy purgatory no you can't keep saying it like that mm, i think i can it's my podcast no, i can do it who's gonna I'll, stop I'll, me uh me when i coo the podcast mm. But yeah, I think that's about all I've got for this one. I'm I'm really kind of looking forward to having an episode about Mickey because Mickey's the best. And then the episode after that is an anime episode. Something for everyone. Yeah. So yeah, good episode. Uh, good way to start the new arc. And I like that we get some new sequences in place of old sequences that have been repeating every episode for 24 and they're pretty episodes. Cool too. 
Yeah, and all of it's really cool. We get to see sh- some really good animation, which I really appreciate how they clearly put a lot of dedication into these sequences that we would have to see over and over again. Because even though we do see them over and over again, they never get boring. At least I feel. No, because they're, they're, they're dramatic enough, you know? Yeah, definitely. Well, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Udenecast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandanata. Alice, where can they find you on Twitter? They can find me at at Lyrewolf at L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. If you want to follow us on Tumblr, you can do that at imagineandutena.tumblr.com. I need to fill up our queue with more utina goodness but i reblog any i reblog any utina posts that i happen to come across over there so if you just want some utina content that's a good place to find some and if you have any comments questions suggestions want to come on my show and be a co-host and back me up on making terrible puns about names of things in this anime, you can do that at imagineandutina at gmail.com. And then I can be disappointed with you as well. Exactly. It's fun for the whole family. Well, I guess that does us for this week. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Mm-hmm.